Good morning, and thank you for joining host Cheryl Esposito for an intriguing hour of leading conversations. Each week, Cheryl brings together big thinkers to the Voice America Business Channel. Now here's your host, Cheryl Esposito. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito. Today, I have a very special guest and a wonderful friend. Her name is Melanie Dewberry. Melanie is a, I describe her as an old soul. She is someone who um, I imagine has traveled the uh, galaxies, the universe, and this earth many times. She describes herself as a fellow traveler finding her way home. She brings wisdom from her continued journey in Native American spirituality and is a ceremonialist, an author, a speaker, and what's new to some of you, a namer. She honors the wisdom of her elders and can be seen listening to treat people. I know we have a very interesting conversation coming up with Melanie Dewberry. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Oh, thank you so much, Cheryl. It's glorious to be here with you. It's so great. It's been such a long time since we had you on the show. I'm so glad to have you back so we can find out what's been going on with you. Now, I know that um, you live in Northern California and mm-hmm. that you live by the ocean and you get to, you know, smell the salt air. And are you there today? I am. <laughs> What is it like? Oh, my gosh. Today is is glorious, seriously, because we got sun. So where I live, oh. we have a lot of fog normally, and today it's mm-hmm. blazing beautiful. So I'm oh. just thrilled. That is delightful. So let's start by talking a little bit about um, how you got here. You know, you have always, since I've known you, um, I've heard you talk about your interest in languaging, your interest in words, your interest in how people frame a conversation, and also, you know, the whole issue of core identity and how that plays out in someone's life. Let's go way, Mm. way back. In your childhood, <laughs> way back, yeah. and I'm oh. with you, girl. I'm with you. And um, and tell us, tell us, what is it that drew you in that direction? You know, what what about your childhood um, kind of triggered some sort of interest in this? Well, um, I think it's twofold. I think I, I might have told you the story before when I was on your podcast a, a while ago. You know, um, I, I moved here from San Francisco when I was, you know, a child, and my father retired, and we moved into um, the neighborhood, and all the neighbors basically signed a petition to move us out because we were black, and none of the neighbors would let me play with their children. And um, there was one mm-hmm. family, though, of Portuguese um, Asian descent. They were from Macau. Hong Kong area near Hong Kong, and um, they were the only ones who didn't sign the petition. Because Uncle Al and Auntie Joyce, Uncle Al has um, gone, extended his journey now into the world, to the universe. But at the time, Uncle Al and Auntie Joyce, and um, that was the safe house for me. I could go over there and hang out with my sisters, mm-hmm. who were um, the same age as their children. I was the young one, but um, and I heard them speaking, you know, um, both Portuguese and I believe Mandarin. And I loved, you know, the the language and the I loved the beauty of language. And so I made up in my mind because mm. I didn't know that this was racism. I just I just thought, gosh, you know, I'm nine years old, I'm freaking adorable. What are you, what are you talking about? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> you know, how can they be so mean? <laughs> and so I I just thought, well. It's a language problem, that's all. You know, even though they were mostly, you know, born mm. Americans, I just thought if I knew their root language, like Uncle and Auntie Joyce, their root language, the Portuguese and Chinese, if I just knew their root language, then that, you know, that would solve everything. So I studied lots mm. of different languages. And um, and as I um, might have mentioned before, that I, I allowed the language to really 
transform me rather than using the language to transform their mind. And then the language became about words and the contextualization of words and the beauty of words. And and then it just kind of grew from there. You know, it's, it's taking me on its own journey now, languaging and words and things. Uh, so how young were you when you learned the second language? I was um, actually at that time, I was nine. I was going to a bilingual Japanese English school. So I was uh, speaking Japanese by the time I was Wow, that you know, not, well, that was not fluent, fortunate to be <laughs> like a couple. Of well, but still, I, you know, to be exposed <laughs> to a language other than your own so shapes our brain, right? And the way our brain works right. and processes information, and makes it much easier to have some sort of affinity for it as you grow up. You know, and, and I just love that you say the language shaped you. You know, why do you think that was? I mean, what is it that could be reshaped or could be informed by that? You know, there's the lovely thing about being a child is that there is this, you know, the innocence, hopefully for most of us anyway, is still intact. Sometimes that gets ruined by the touch and speak of adults, but yeah. if we're lucky... Yeah, right. We get to hang on to it for a little bit, you know. And um, when we're in that place of just raw beauty, um, we um, we're open. And because we are Mm. vibrating, as is everything on the planet, and words have their own vibration. Um, and so, uh, and the the sound of a language or a word or a bird chirping or, you know, gets into you. It beca- you know, it just starts to weave, you know, this this tapestry in you, this poem in you, and uh, and we haven't learned to harden ourselves out and go, oh, that's a bird, that's a owl, that's a kid yelling, or that's just a word, and then let it bounce off. We're still allowing it to come into us. Mm. Um, I just think it has to do with um, being open. And I think there are some adults um, and elders who are still like that, that they have an opening of beauty to that things yeah. they're going through. But for a lot of us, we, um, we grew up learning to name it rather than live it mm. or allow it. Well, and so, uh, yeah, right. So name it rather than live it or allow it. You know, I, um, as you were talking about the vibrations, it's like, well, you know, no wonder music gets inside of us so easily, right? Because yes. the vibration is so palpable, so palpable. Yes. And it must, it must touch every cell in our body. And, um, and so then the dancing follows because our cells get bounced around with all these vibrations. Um, and, you know, voice has that vibration. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking that sometimes when poets read their poetry, when you are, when I'm listening to them, I can become completely mesmerized and transported. And, and not all poets, but there's some that just have some sort of delivery that lands in the body. And I'm wondering if it lands in a specific person's body, like not everyone would hear it the same way. Not everyone Mm -hmm. would resonate in the same way. What do you think? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I know you're a poet. I remember your book. I have your book, actually. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely accurate. I'm just... um, I agree with you. I'm just I'm searching for my words right now because I'm I'm sitting in my mind in the presence of poets and storytellers and um, <laughs> I you know and I, I I do think it 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 you know I think it, it resonates differently with different people and I think that's what's beautiful about poetry. Um, mm. I think it's one of the things that. Um, one of the beautiful processes in the world, one of the beautiful things in the world are 
one of the beautiful medicinal properties in the world. Let me just kind of get this out. That softens us and helps us remember, you know? Remembering is important. And um, I, very interesting. I find that um, in the last few years, my, I'm very lucky to have my parents, both parents still alive. They're in their 80s. Wow. And in the last few years, I've been having conversations with them about their memories as children and some of the stories that they were told about family and ancestry and et cetera. And it's so interesting to me because sometimes a certain story will just, as it is as if I am standing in it at that time. It's as if I am completely trans- transported and, and not all of them affect me that way. And, you know, I've tried to, you know, I, because I'm so curious and I want to know, <laughs> I tried to say, okay, so is it about a certain person? Is it about a certain part of the family? Is it about a certain, no, it doesn't matter. There's just some stories that it doesn't seem to have a um, consistent thread. And, but the feeling is, Unlike, um, well, unlike anything else that I experience. So I'm wondering about that connecting into the vibration on that level. Oh, wait, wait what do you mean? Say more. And for, wait, wait, I first want to say, <laughs> how lucky are you to be able to, like, interview your family member, your mom and dad? I know. <gasps> what a gift. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Oh, it is a gift. What I would it give for that. Yeah. 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 I know you're going to probably, you're yeah. probably going to end up writing some poetry or something around those or stories. And oh my God, I can't wait for that. You know, it's, oh. even if I didn't live it, even if it's a different culture, it's still so relatable. And it makes me, it just makes my heart, you know, kind of weep and jump for joy that the stories are being told, even if I didn't yeah. capture all of them from my family, it's somebody else is like, yeah. it's okay, whoever, it's, it's beautiful. So mm-hmm. thank you for, for doing that, to care so much, to be the holder of the stories of your family and, and in part for the world, really, I think. Well, you know, I, I really um, believe that if we do not create some sort of consistent connection through the centuries and through the family DNA, then there's no opportunity to influence, um, you know, which of these stories we choose to keep for ourselves and which of them Mm -hmm. we choose to decide that's an old family recipe and I don't have to live that and that doesn't have to be my perception of my reality. Because a lot of the stories are fabulous and a lot of the stories are inspiring and a lot of the stories are actually, um, they're very detrimental to one's sense of self and, and also to one's sense of, you know, what am I capable of, right? And so what I love about the work you do is you dig into that story, you dig into the, the mystery of the story to help people open that story up. And, and then you really help them find where their personal connection is for their soul's mm. connection. What is that process like? Oh, wow. Yeah, big questions. <laughs> <laughs> Profound Only for people who really can, do, can answer. <laughs> um, you know, um, so I can't answer what it's like on their end. But for me, um, the, the process is I have to shut down everything I think I know, my mind, my brain, you know, I had to shut down what we, the thing we, that we're taught to so highly invest in, in knowledge and skill and, and all of that and, um, and finding facts and, you know, being smart, not, not that being smart is, you know, anything wrong with that, but 
um, I have to shut that all down because um, mm-hmm. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Mm. And I, if I if I try to use my knowledge and my skills and my you know X years of working a certain way, um, then it feels like you know I'm on a treasure hunt for myself. But the treasure is really theirs, and and there is no hunt. There's yeah. just discovery. So what I, you know, yeah. what I do is like, what I think most people would do in that situation is I just, you know, listen to, I just, you know, connect deeply and listen to the divine. And I'm like, whatever you want to ask or say, you know, I'm just really a, 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 um, a conduit. That's it. Um, yes. And yes. For hearing and listening what's happening over there. And I, I know you know that experience. You yeah. So, you know what I mean? And so that just makes the work, it's not about me, so then I don't have to try to do anything, you know? And Mm -hmm. all I have to do is be present and listen. And uh, the more I listen, uh, the deeper we can go, and the person can start to, you know, their space in them starts to open up, and okay, all the clutter that got laid on them, like you talk about, like, things that Mm -hmm. were detrimental in your family... Everybody has. Right. can start to go to the side so that we can see what's important in the middle. And one of the things I tell people, you know, is that every child of every family has two legacies and a, um, to live. In. And one is to complete the legacy that's detrimental, the one that kills the soul, mm. that one that retards the right. spirit. And and to do that mm. by living the second legacy, which is the new legacy for the family, you know whatever that is, mm. is, is and mostly what it is is to live in your own medicine. So and that's part of it. It's like you know let's just let's just let you let go of that strain of something that was taught to some family member that became part of the family, but doesn't actually has nothing to do right. with the family. And let's right. let it go. Right, and right. what's the new thread you want to start to to weave in mm. that actually is resonant to the family and will grow the family? And that's how and I it's so it. fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating so, to me when I see um, how in some families, when the attempt is made to create that new thread how the um, status quo fights back and the attachment to the detrimental legacy on, for some people is so strong. And, um, you know, that in itself is a process of having to develop courage in order to mm-hmm. let go and in order to truly know that I am not who others decide I am, right? That's right. And that's it's for right. me to decide. Yeah. 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 I love this work you do, Melanie. I just love it. And we're going to talk more <clears throat> with Melanie Dewberry and her book, The Power of Naming, when we come right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. This is Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Melanie Dewberry, the author of The Power of Naming, The Journey Toward Your Soul's Indigenous Nature. So, Melanie, you have worked for a long time with the concept of soul naming, and you describe that as an archetypal language that captures the languaging of your work effortlessly. So, what is this? Tell us what this is. Well, you know, the process is very similar to what I was explaining earlier. It's it's basically, it's partly intuitive work. Um, So what it is, so in in our indigenous culture, um, our elders name us. Sometimes you might get more than one name, but they see right to the soul of you. Sometimes when you're born, sometimes when you're older, um, and they name what they see, like, you know, who Mm. you truly are beyond your birth name, an archetypal type right. name. And and so I I wanted that um, for for people, particularly for women, but for people to, to be have a place in which they could be rooted in that went beyond all the acronyms mm. after their name, um, a way that they could be witnessed um, in community, seen and validated, not from an ego perspective, but from an earth-based perspective. Um, heritage and perspective. Mm. And so, um, I, you know, obviously I don't name the way my elders do because we don't, you know, commercialize that. But um, I do do it in an intuitive, intuitive way um, from uh, using archetypes based on mm-hmm. um, things that I might read or see about the person, but also based on just we have ongoing um, long conversations and in those conversations mm. there's what they say and there's also what I hear which is always not what they yeah. say I know you know what I mean <laughs> right and yes, so I as do. I'm listening very yeah. common yeah <laughs> I'm recording for those of us who are listening it's very common that's right yeah. <laughs> I'm recording in my mind not only what I'm hearing them not say but is present but the the um, the feeling associated with it is it rich? Mm-hmm. Is it dense? Is it rooted? Mm-hmm. Is it um, is it not tethered? Is it meaning? Is it not owned? Is it hogwash? You know, kind of thing. Is it something they're mm-hmm. repeating that they they heard someone say or they thought that they should say because they heard that that thought or was relevant and and so I'm really paying attention to. Um, the texture and the vibration of the language you're using and how it really aligns with um, their soul. Is it congruent? You know, will it, you know, will it stick or not? And so in, in that deeper listening, um, the archetypes start coming up. You know, they start, start coming up for me in terms of who, who they are at their, at their root, at their core. And so I mean, that's an example of an archetype. Oh, let's see. Um, well, it's okay. Sometimes they're made up. Um, I don't know if you know um, Anne Betts. Anne Betts is a poet as well, and she's uh, an author and a um, a coach. And I called her the lyrical poet of consciousness. Um, I have an artist here who does amazing work, and she does work to help people remember what happened to her Japanese ancestors in the encampment process. So her work can be a little bit dark, um, and it's not something that people really always want to pay attention to. And so she wasn't really thriving in her business. And I sat down with her, and, um, you know, after a few hours, what I named her was a narrator of culture. And what that did for her is it... When, when I name someone, I always also give them a body of language in which to talk about what they do so that they can get out of mm. um, what I call the corporate speak or the dead speak and really speak more of a soul-relevant yeah. language. Um, and so that gave her a sense of um, being rooted. And so then she could just speak. Cause it was very hard for her to articulate what she was doing. And, and part of that is... Um, 
you know, it doesn't come easy to us. I still can't articulate what I'm doing. And part of it is it's like, you know, <laughs> it's hard to validate yourself sometimes. And, um, yeah. and so now she's being um, seen all over the country. She's been a guest artist in, in residence in places. Mm. Her art has really taken off. And that's because she she can recognize her medicine now in a whole new way. Right. And she's not marketing right. anymore. She's just sharing. Right. And, it, you know, it's a right. different come from place. It truly is, you know, that sense of simply being you are yeah. and not having to sell what you do and yeah. I mean that's a very for those of us who are able to do this in our life we are so blessed um, you know I I don't view this thing that the world calls work as work for me it is mm. who I am and um, you know I'm, I feel so fortunate that I get to do what I love and get to be all of me. And um, so, you know, um, I think that both of us, you and I both, have a, a vision that everyone can do this. Everyone well, but I have a question. I have yep. a question. I know that you're, you're the interviewer, but can I ask you a question? Yes, absolutely. So, you know... For people who are listening, and for me too, if you don't mind, like, how did you get there? How did you get to the place where it's not work? Like, what happened for you? Because yeah. that's not normal. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> what we're taught. You know what I mean? I do. I know. Well, how did you get there? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, um, what's interesting is as a kid, I was extremely intuitive. And um, and I was very interested in people, and I was a little shy and introverted. And so I became a very good listener because it was easier to listen than it was to speak. And, um, and so that served me in a big way. And as I got older, you know, people started telling me their life story when I was nine. It's like, uh, I didn't ask. (laughs) Why are you telling me these things? And then, you know, as I got older in the school, you know, everybody would come to me and if two of my high school friends were fighting with each other, one would come to me and tell me their side of the story and I could completely understand their point of view and I got it and of course they were upset and a little while later, the other one would come to me and tell me their side of the story, and I would listen, and I would have, you know, complete understanding and understand their <laughs> point of view. They really justified in that. And I remember, I absolutely remember the day that I was standing there in the middle of the courtyard, and the second person had come to me. And I kind of went, what? Wait, don't wait. How is it I can understand both sides and think they're both right? How is that possible? Are you supposed to take a side? This is what my brain was saying. This is like the first real understanding that mm. I somehow works differently. And so, you know, through that lens, as I began to move into adulthood, um, I just paid attention. And I knew I wanted to do something with people, and I knew I wanted to do something in the world of business. And so I just kept developing myself toward um, the kind of work that was around leadership development and got my master's in um, industrial social work, human potential, and organizational systems, and um, went directly into the corporate world. And um, so I know how to do therapy. I can be a therapist if I want to. I never wanted to hang my sign out. And, um, but the the background, the background has served me so well. And then on the other side, on the spiritual development, when I got into um, my late 20s, early 30s, I began to look at the spiritual side and found a teacher who was very much about um, the connection to the earth. And he didn't believe in temples and he didn't believe you had to have a guru and he you know, even though some people from the outside may look at him and say he's a guru, 
he was never, that was never his perspective. And it was a real blending of the Eastern and Western perspective of spirituality. And so, you know, I've practiced with him for years and it has so served my being. And, you know, things like, um, don't get attached. <laughs> don't get attached to the outcome. And, you know, things like all things change and form is formless. And, um, mm. you know, the, the, way, the way we see and the lens we look through is our choice. And so it took me a long time to begin to have these principles um, embodied, right? It just mm. became who I am. And so the power of me just kept growing and growing and growing. And, um, you know, it's, and the more I focused my work, the more I said, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it in a way that I know works for people. It doesn't matter what the field says. It doesn't matter what the, um, what my colleagues say, because I was always different, you know. And um, I'm just going to do it. And so, and, and it just took off, you know. And so, and it took me a long time, actually, to get the courage to um, really be open about my spiritual side. Or that I would go out and do seven-day solos on the side of a mountain. And, you know, when I, I was doing those wow. several years before. I ever told a client because I thought they're going to think I'm out of my mind. <laughs> you know? yeah. What was interesting is when I started telling them, they're like, wow, oh my God, you know. And so it just, the more I allowed myself to be seen, the more I am just who I am. So, you know, yeah. and, and thank you for yeah. asking that. And that's a long answer to your question, but it's. That's how it happens. Oh, but no, it's a it's a perfect link because I think sometimes, honestly, Cheryl, one of the things that kind of drives me nuts in the world is you know the six steps to doing something, and it ain't like that. Oh, it's like, it's like you know, it's a it's a walk, it's a journey, it's a path, and it there you know, nobody's counting. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah, I know. I, oh, I, what I wanted to take every. Go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say, I wanted to share that you said nine years old, and I, I don't know who it was. It might have been Michael Mead. I don't know if you know him. It's, he's a storyteller. And, um, but somebody I, I heard um, said, you know, at the ages of, it's at the ages of nine, and I want to say 20, where we hear something in us that is unique. And it's at those mm. points that we're, we're listening and we either take up you know, take it on or, you know, mm-hmm. to brush it away. And so I love that you said yeah. nine because that's, that is one of the ages that this person was speaking mm. about that we hear ourselves. We say, oh, my gosh, I'm different, mm. you know, in this way. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. So, you know, you've done soul naming for a long time and then you wrote the book. The power of naming. And I love these questions that you pose. Who are you really? Who are you without your title, your gender, your talent, your weight, your income, or your personality? I love this. And it's amazing to you how few people have ever considered this. Hmm. Yeah, because usually that's our identity, right? You know, how much we have mm-hmm. or don't, our race, our weight, you know, I am a fat mm-hmm. person, I am black, I am a woman. Mm-hmm. And those those are all fine, except for they're not the whole of you. So, who are you? And because the truth is, we know who we are, or we suspect, but we got to pull it all back. Mm-hmm. So, so, talk about that part. We suspect Pulling it back. who we are. Talk about that. We'll talk about that. So, you know, if we have an inkling, where, what is it? I mean, where is it in us? 
Yeah, gosh, you know, you know, I'm always going to say your heart or soul, you know, the, mm. the inkling is there, but you you do have to let go of the other layers because with those other identity are attachment to stories, and you talked about non-attachment. You know, if I'm black, and then I have mm. stories about being a black person in America, right? Stories about being a woman or a girl, and and those stories, it's not those stories are wrong and they shouldn't be included but they're not the finite expression of us. So and the thing right. is that we, we, there are sometimes in some people and in, sometimes in all people, forever depending on the person, is that that story, you know, in, starts to tell us how to live. And um, mm. it's just a story. And stories are, are fine, mm. uh, but they're meant to be kept written. Uh, so I'll finish the rest of this, but the stories are meant to be rewritten. Rewritten. So, well, how do we know that? Um, how do we? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I think how do we know fine. that they're supposed to be rewritten? I mean, we I mean, don't. I guess this is one of those things that you know, you just know. <laughs> Yeah, you. Do, I mean, you. You, you know, there's, it's not the kind of knowledge. It's like the. I'll tell you how you know. It's on that seven-day journey solo. It's not a knowledge in your brain. Mm-hmm. It's not there. Right. You know? Right. It's, it's not yep. the knowing that we're taught knowing. It's the soul knowing. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I um, encourage my coaching clients to do, um, I ask them a question. So where is the quiet in your life? And I'm usually mm-hmm. met with this really blank stare. Quiet? And and if you can't have that quiet, you can't have those moments of knowing where, you know, the truth emerges in you, right? And right. and that's the gift that you give to people when you um, sit with them and you know, get them to talk about their experience or get them to to um, be heard. The gift of being heard and listened to is, it may be one of the most important gifts on the planet. And, you know, you, I mean, I've seen you in that space where you're really intently listening and it's, transforming. It's like there's a shift in you that is um, beyond grace. You always carry a grace about you, but it, it just is, it's just amazing. I, I and, and it's one of those things that there's very few words that can describe that. You know. But there is more that we're going to talk about. We have to take a break right now and we will come back with Melanie Dewberry. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Leadership is not static. It evolves as you do. At Alexa Consulting, we work with CEOs, senior leaders, and leaders in transition who want to make a difference. Leaders who believe that good business is good for people, good for the world, and knows that conscious actions can have global impact. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? If you are, then visit our website at www.alexaconsulting.com. That's www.alexaconsulting.com. Alexa Consulting, developing leaders worldwide. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. We appreciate you joining our leading conversations today. If you would like to participate in today's conversation, please call us now at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. 
800-242-5790. Now back to your host, Cheryl. Welcome back to Leading Conversations. I'm Cheryl Esposito with my very special guest today, Melanie Dewberry, the author of The Power of Naming, The Journey Toward Your Soul's Indigenous Nature. Melanie, you've created this book in a way that allows individuals to do some real um, internal looking, internal searching in themselves, but also in a way that can be used in a group of people. So how, tell, tell us a little bit about the purpose and then how you can apply it to a group. The purpose of the book? Um, yeah. So I was really, well, you know, it's so funny because I didn't, it's, it's, it's a kind of a spiritual work through your stuff book. And I didn't approach it that way. That's mm-hmm. kind of what happened. Um, and I was really clear that I wanted to ask questions that um, people weren't asking. And that oftentimes I'll pick up books um, in the consciousness or spirituality and they're not asking. They're not asking the reader to do the deep work. They may, they may be interesting, mm-hmm. and they may be good books, but they're not asking them. Right. And um, I wanted to give people um, something that would allow for them to find themselves within themselves, in a way, um, mm-hmm. and for themselves that in a way that they hadn't been asked before, and they could do that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in their own private way. And then also they can do it in community, which I Mm. really support the community process um, from a tribal perspective to be held in a group and to be witnessed as we're um, elongating ourselves is a beautiful thing. Mm. Elongating ourselves. Say more about that. You know, well, we're growing like the tree people. We're getting... Um, we're we're um, stretching our spine. We're um, traveling through the spaciousness um, of the soul. It's not this tiny crevice. It's it's long and wide and and full and round. And um, when we let, when we release what isn't ours, and um, we find, you know, our own medicine treasure chest where our all our jewels there, and um, and so we're once we find the jewels, we've cleaned out enough space so that we can find exactly what mm. is ours, what is our truth, what are our medicinal purposes, how do we how do we use our medicine in the world, and um, that I feel like that elongates us, it makes us taller, it makes mm. us have bigger vision, you know, like standing on a mountaintop, you can see you can see the whole plane, the whole plane now. Um, versus when you're at the bottom. Um, and not to say that the bottom is better, I mean, the top is better, but it's a different vision there. So, it's a different um, point, yeah. Yeah, so that I, just, I just wanted to give people the, um, a, a knowing, how do I want to say this, that they, they can go here, that they can go here mm. and, and to these, these places in, within themselves um, which I believe, in my mind anyway, that a consensus reality works very hard to keep us from uh, knocking on certain doors and opening certain doors within us. And, and yeah. so our house becomes very tiny. And I'm like, no, actually, you don't even live in a house, honey. You live on the top of the mountain. <laughs> you know? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't see it. <laughs> they don't even know they're on the top of a mountain. They don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Wow. You know, I just feel like so much of the stuff we learn is about, you know, suffering, sacrifice, and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you got to work to earn, you know, that language, you got to work to earn, you got to go earn your money. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Right. Like, oh, no, that's not it. That's not it. But before we can even yeah. go there... You know, you got to really get rooted and, and be willing to see who you really are and fall in love with that because, um, and then you'll hear the difference between the voice of the consensus reality and the voice of your own plain medicine, P-L-A-I-N, plain medicine. So, I love it. I love it. 
Now, I, you talk about having um, the heritage of being Native American, and we talk about having the heritage of African American. And did you always know when you were a kid that you um, were a blending of these two cultures? Um, no. I mean, my mother and my family members told me about our origins. No. You know, I didn't. Um, I, I don't know that I was, actually. Um you know, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I could have say something more profound, but I, you know, I just knew. I knew that I was chosen to represent the divine when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that, mm-hmm. but not much more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, I have um, seen photos of you. Well, of course, I've seen you face to face, and you know, you yeah. have such a a beautiful light in your being but I have seen photos of you and the profile and the characteristics are so much like they look so much like the native the traditional Native American features and mm. I I mean, it is just amazing to me. And wow. so it's like you are emanating that. And, um, you know, I, I sometimes wonder, I mean, I, I mean, you know, there are, you know, it's, it's, I guess we could be stereotyping people the way they look, et cetera. And what we know is that certain um, heritage, certain cultures of people, do have some specific features that pass down, right? And it doesn't mean sure. that they're um, they're um, completely one hundred percent of one heritage. It simply means that it's showing up in some way. And uh, you know, I I really wish that we as a society would learn how to embrace the beauty in the difference and in the blending and in the, in the evolution of where we all are rather than uh-huh. trying to push things away. You know, you'd think we'd know that by now, right? 2008. Yeah, I just, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree. I don't even have words. I, 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 the same thing. Like you think we should know that by now. I don't know what to say to you. It's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I know. It's, it's, I guess it's, you know. I know, well, moving along from that, <laughs> I, I think I walk around half the time saying, huh, what, 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 what? No, no, yeah. not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, we okay. just have to focus on what it is um, we can do in our own way, in our own, in each moment, right? It's right in front of us. Right. So. Right. This book, um, what I loved was I could hear your voice. Um, mm. It was so, I mean, I don't know what it took for you to write it, but the way it reads, it's pure flow. And Oh, thank you. And what that, says, wow. what that says to me is, you know, it was your heart and your soul speaking for sure. You know, I mean, I just... Yeah. So I think that it's fabulous and I encourage everyone Thank to read you. this book. And um and I also um love that, you know, one of your main principles is courage. And mm-hmm. the courage to be seen. And I've watched you over the years, um, you know, really develop that courage muscle in yourself and take it constantly to a higher and higher and higher level, never being um, satisfied that there isn't more and there isn't more in you, right? And um, and I just um, I admire that so much, really, Melanie. I oh, admire that so much you. because you, you, aren't, you aren't afraid. You know, not that it's easy, but you aren't afraid, you know, it's, you just really Does it look like that? 
It does look like that. Well, no, I know you're very transparent, so you do share when you're fearful. I, I, which I also appreciate because you know it's not easy, and and um, you know you keep going back to the well, so to speak, right? You know, to mm. dig even deeper into your soul, and for the for the purpose of yourself, but also for the purpose of others, and you know, that is quite a gift to give to the world. Oh, thank you. I'm really trying. Really trying. And I, you know, I, and you know, I mean, honestly, without people like you in my life, it, it would, you know, impossible for word I would come up with, you know, and thank you for seeing me, you know, for really seeing me because, you know, we need to be seen. And yes, I, I appreciate do. that. Yes. We do indeed. So we have come to the end of the show, which I can't believe, and I just want to, you know, talk for another three hours, but you can't. So, <laughs> so um, I know people are going to want to know more about you and, and, you know, how they can reach you and how they can buy the book. So tell us about this. Oh, thank you so much for asking. Um, the book is available you know, um, Hay House is the publisher, so you can go to hayhouse.com. Of course, you can buy it at, at any bookstore and Amazon. Um, and, it, yes, it's called The Power of Naming, and you can just uh, Google under my name, Melanie Dewberry. Um, and you can reach me by just emailing me. I respond to all my own emails, and that is courage at melaniedewberry.com. And it's uh, do like a dewdrop and berry like a strawberry. It shouldn't be too hard to find. And, you know, I'm, I'm around. <laughs> what? I love it. I love it. And your website is such a great expression of who you are. MelanieDewberry.com is just beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I'm so happy to have you here and so privileged to have you here with us today, Melanie. I know that um, many, many people will find your expression of significance important to them. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Cheryl. Remember, everyone, to think big. The world would be a better place because of a conversation that matters. This is Cheryl Esposito. Thank you for spending this hour with Cheryl Esposito and Leading Conversations. You can listen live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a question or comment for Cheryl, please email her at leadingconversations at alexaconsulting.com. That's L-E-A-D-I-N-G-C-O-N-V-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N-S at A-L-E-X-S-A-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G.com. See you next week.